This is The Space Shot, episode 313 for March 23rd, 2018. Gemini 3 and the Immolation of Mir. I'm John Mulnix. The first crewed launch of a Gemini spacecraft took place on March 23rd, 1965. A Titan II missile lifted the Molly Brown capsule and astronauts Gus Grissom and John Young into space. Gemini 3 launched at 9.24 a.m. Eastern Standard Time from Launch Complex 19, the first time that two Americans had been sent into space on the same mission. The Titan IIs are beautiful machines. There's always been something special about how they look that I think is just not matched by other rockets. Gemini 3 also had a very special crew. Gus Grissom was the first American that launched into space during the Mercury program on a suborbital flight. His flight on Gemini 3 made him the first human to launch into space twice. This was astronaut John Young's first space flight, and he would go on to have a storied career, making six flights, the first human to do that. He also walked on the moon during Apollo 16, and even flew the space shuttle on STS-1 and 9. His first flight on Gemini 3 was memorable for a few reasons, thanks to the corned beef sandwich that he snuck into space. The bread crumbled pretty badly in space, so the astronauts weren't really able to eat the sandwich for fear of the crumbs getting lodged all over the spacecraft. Eventually, NASA settled on the use of tortillas as a bread substitute. I talked about this way back in episode 196. It was during the shuttle flight STS-61B that tortillas were first used by astronauts as a substitute for bread. Check out that episode if you're new to the podcast. It aired on November 26th, 2017. Even though I love tortillas and tacos, I'm snagging a corned beef sandwich today in honor of John Young and Jiminy 3. Jiminy 3 was important from a technical standpoint for a number of reasons, besides the corned beef sandwich. The Jiminy 3 spacecraft was designed to be more maneuverable than the Mercury capsule it was replacing. This maneuverability was a key component for orbital rendezvous and docking procedures. Grissom and Young tested the maneuverability of the capsule extensively during this flight. They were able to change the orbit of the spacecraft on two occasions with the onboard thrusters, proving that orbits could be changed after launch. These procedures helped astronauts prepare for the rigors of an Apollo flight, specifically docking, undocking, and eventually redocking the lunar module and command and service module. Grissom and Young orbited Earth three times in their capsule, which was nicknamed Molly Brown, a bit of a humorous call-out to Grissom's previous capsule, the Liberty Bell 7, which had sunk due to an error with the hatch on the capsule blowing early, allowing water to slip into the capsule. Coincidentally, this was the first and last Gemini capsule to have a name. All other Gemini missions were referred to by their number, not a special call sign. Now for some more recent history. After 15 years of service, the Mir space station re-entered Earth's atmosphere on this day in 2001. The station was launched by the Soviet Union, then after the fall of the Berlin Wall, it became a place where Russia and the United States conducted the first of their long-duration cooperative flights. I've talked about Mir on numerous occasions before, specifically episodes 19, 44, 46, and 285, among others. 
Mir re-entered Earth's atmosphere above the Pacific Ocean, part of a controlled deorbit that allowed the Russians to minimize the risk to people on the ground. The station wasn't designed to survive the extreme heat and aerodynamic forces of re-entry, so as it descended, solar panels began to break off, followed by smaller components, and finally the core blocks of the station that made it through the atmosphere without completely burning up. Taco Bell decided to capitalize on Mir falling back to Earth, placing a giant floating target in the Pacific Ocean, and if Mir had hit that target, Taco Bell would have provided free tacos for everyone in the U.S. I linked to a video on Facebook about just how small those odds were that everybody in the U.S. would get tacos. Check it out if you'd like to know more. It's also linked to in the show notes. There's another station that's been making headlines for its imminent re-entry. The Chinese Tianyang station is due to fall back to Earth sometime around Easter. It's odd how Easter falls extremely early this year, on April Fool's Day to be exact, so if the station re-enters the atmosphere on Easter, it will indeed not be an April Fool's joke. Before we go today, I've got one piece of pop culture history. The Star Trek The Next Generation episode, Cause and Effect, aired on March 23rd, 1992. This episode sees the crew of the Enterprise caught in a temporal causality loop, or a time loop, as it were, that sees the Enterprise destroyed over and over again. Kelsey Grammer makes a cameo appearance in this episode as Captain Morgan Bateson, captain of the USS Bozeman, the other Starfleet ship that makes an appearance in this episode. Tomorrow, the first flight of the Falcon 1, Jules Verne, and Atlantis. Since you're here, and I've got your ear, give me 30 seconds of your time. I'd be incredibly grateful if you could share the podcast with your friends and family. Tag one of them and let them know about your favorite episode. I'd also really appreciate it if you could venture into the Apple Podcasts app or your podcast app of choice and leave a review for The Space Shot. A steady stream of reviews helps ensure The Space Shot is more visible in the Apple Podcasts app. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. You can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix. I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook, just search The Space Shot, or check out the links in the show notes and you'll find me. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.